I'm filmmaker John Borowski of the Serial Killer Documentaries, and you're listening to Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. That's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable, but I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now, is that on so many pages, <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then, I mean, it, it's it's almost inevitable that, uh, you know, half the time we're going to go, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's... <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Adler, joined by... Mad Chan. And... Rye Bones. All right. Good to be with you, folks. We have got uh, an exciting, interesting, intriguing idea for an episode. I can't think of any more crazy descriptions as to what it might be. Uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, Mad Chan, tell us about this episode. So the episode we're going to do right now is could you or how would you survive in the zombie apocalypse? It seems to be a, um, a topic that's not going away anytime soon. And uh, with the state of the world that we're living in today, people are bringing it up more and more, like, as if one man is going to all of a sudden cause the dead to start rising. But who knows? <laughs> if he ends up being the devil, it might happen, son. So, um, but everybody brings that up. It's... Uh, well, this is what I would do, or I can't wait till the apocalypse, or I think people are just trying to um, justify buying, you know, 1,500 cans of corn, or, you know, I mean, they're, they're trying to justify things to their wife is what it is. No, baby, I need that new 223, you know, like, that's what it really is. I just love green beans. <laughs> but it at, in all of that, it got me thinking, it's like, would you, or how would you survive in a zombie apocalypse? How do you think you would fare if it... If it went down tomorrow, I know how I think I would fare, and I've got a pretty good idea how I think each of you would fare. So, let's just go around. Thoughts, initially? Grizz? So, as I think about um, how I would fare in a zombie apocalypse, it's <clears throat> it's really just a crapshoot. I mean, it really <laughs> is. I mean, when you think about... Um, all of the factors that come in, you've got to think about um, how proficient are you at self-defense. Right. That's number one, with firearms and physically. And that also is going to play into effect how proficient are you at self-defense um, at killing the undead and killing the living. Right. Because this is something we're definitely going to be talking about. Um, another is survival. How good are you at sleeping outside? <laughs> you know, like that will come into play. Yeah, yeah. So that's another uh, serious thing. Um, how well are you getting along with others? You know, I mean, there's so many different factors that play in. Uh, I think I'm a pretty well-rounded individual, um, but I think my Achilles heel uh, in the conversation will be uh, minimal survivalist techniques. Um, I've done lots of camping in my life, but compared to most, they would consider it clamping. Right. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I like my, my tent and my air mattress um, and my pop-up camper. You know, you take these things and it's just <laughs> like, that's that's the extent of my camping. Um, whereas like starting a fire from nothingness, that's an important I made, nothingness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely areas <clears throat> I'm lacking in. So um, I think that's where my biggest weakness is going to be is like, uh, you know, I've got a pretty high tolerance for uncomfortable. So, like, if you're like, all right, you got to sleep in this tent for a month. Okay, that's fine. But if they're like, you need to make a shelter to sleep in, <laughs> I'm like, well, how cold's it going to be? Motel Six still open? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Rybins. Um, I, as with anything, I mean, 
your chances of survival, not only in apocalypse like this, but um, any situation is your preparedness. And I think that's what's going to get you through anything. And I mean, it, it doesn't have to be like preparedness, like some some crazy prepper. But I mean, think about it. We we all <clears throat> probably have a spare tire in our car. We all probably have a fire extinguisher at home. Um, you know, the things that we prep for or prepare for in case. So, um, I, oddly, I I think I would do really well <clears throat> because my ability to overcome situations is better than I give myself credit for. Um, and I can say that by going through some things where I'm like, man, how am I going to do this? And you always end up getting through it. And you just think, well, I'm way better now than I was when that situation arose. You know, it, it tested you. Yeah. And that's an important thing to remember um, to all of our listeners, because there there's just a difference in mentality. <clears throat> um, the human body is an amazing thing. The it, human it body survives at all costs it's yes. built to live yes, yes i mean they're are... fragile but resilient yes yeah. your body <clears throat> is built to shut down other parts so that the important parts will survive like this is just, right i mean mammals specifically mammals are just fascinating in the ways in which they can adapt and survive um and so a lot of it comes down to your brain like are you willing your mentality are you your... willing to adapt and overcome yes because um Trust me, there are people that would just lay down and die. Fall apart. Yeah. Just like, they fall apart if they don't get their name right on their Starbucks cup. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that <laughs> right. like their day's ruined, you know. And right. I don't understand that. But you know, that's that's again the mentality of some people versus others. Right. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's assign a number to this. Okay. Okay, so let's say one to ten. One is you die first thing out the gate, within the first week of, of everything taking over. And ten being that you die comfortable somewhere of old age or natural causes like you did you know like the elements didn't get you the zombies didn't get you the people didn't get you that would be 10 you die of god's will <clears throat> when it's your day mm-hmm. okay so where do you think you'd stack up in a number and i'm gonna go ahead and go first and i'm gonna be real uh, i'm probably a three <laughs> maybe a four but i'm yeah. probably a three um i'm i'm overweight my running skills are not on point like, I'm not running miles. I'm just not. And if you watch those movies, they're always running. Like, those people are always, like, even Ving Rhames' big ass, he was running. Like, people, they're always running. And I'm just not there. I mean, I know that I'm physically not there. I'm not 100% proficient. I can't go do competitions, but I'm proficient enough with my handgun to get me through a little bit. Like you, I can start a fire. I can camp in a, I can camp in a tent. Um, I'm learning the ways of water purification and things like that just of my own wanting to know those things but i'm not proficient enough to last long term so if you find two guys faster than me and we get swarmed up by a horde i'm going down i'm not going to be in it for the long haul i'm probably the guy that turns around and goes you know what guys you go ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna hold them off a little while and then you know probably puts one in my own head (laughs) (laughs) always keep one in your pocket (laughs) But I mean, realistically. So, where do you think you where do you think you found that number? I give myself a six. There you go. I, see, that's what a, that's about what I would give you. Yeah, I'd say I'm about a six. I'm I'm just above average, you know. Um, so yeah, like you know, I train, practice, hunt regularly with firearms. So so firearms are, you know, it would be I would be able I'd be pretty good at whatever I picked up. You know what I mean? Like whatever I came across, I'd be able to use uh, archery. I train in archery. Um, I do physical combat training every week in my combat jujitsu class. And so that's also a lot of, uh, um, endurance work, um, and conditioning work. So I am by no means, a a survivalist, <laughs> uh, right. by no means, uh, at least even a military caliber. I'm by no means an <laughs> operator. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like right. I'm, I'm nowhere near those guys that I would consider nines and tens, um, but I think I'm better than the average citizen, so I'd, I'd give myself a six. Bones? I'd have to say probably the same because um, I'm pretty well versed in firearms, their ability to use them. Um, again, I think the biggest, the, the, the best thing you can have is the mentality of I will survive. Not, oh, this is going bad. What do I do? What do I do? It's like, okay, here's what's happening. How do we deal with it? And that's that's your biggest obstacle to overcome is yourself Yeah. or, you know, that that, that mind frame that could easily sneak in. Um 
and the greatest thing you can do, and you kind of touched on it, is find one of those prepper guys. Because a lot of those prepper guys, they'll, they they stock up all the food and ammo for you, but they can't run a block without getting winded. Yeah. So, you know, hey. you take them out, you got all their stuff, you know. Uh, there's a meme, but, there's a great meme going around of, like, a huge guy. And he's got, like, his AR-15, and it says, like, preps for the zombie apocalypse, can't make it up two flights of stairs. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, I, uh, in the summertime, I do some running, I do some 5K work, so I, I'm no stranger to jogging. It's nothing for me to run a mile, and I'm a big dude still, but, like, it's nothing for me to run a mile. Um, usually at 5K, it, you know, I got a little walking in there, but still, not a lot of people can just get up and run a mile. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just a matter of what you're capable of and what you what you can overcome. Mm-hmm. I just so, think this yeah. is an interesting topic because we always hear about it, and it it seems to come up more and more. Like that, it's oh, when the apocalypse hits, buddy, when the zombies come, I'm gonna be this, and I, I think that's to, uh, partly in due to the popularity of zombies now. You know, sure, and everybody sure. and everybody wants to think that they'd make it to the end, but. Upon, you know, bringing this topic up to you guys, I was actually doing that hardcore thinking about myself. I'd listen to this guy on YouTube talk about it, you know, and he was just like, oh, when it goes down, brother, I'm taking care of and we live off the grid. And I was like, I'm not taking care of. That's why I thought it was a good topic. And I actually talked yeah. to Bones about it a little bit during one of our outings and excursions. And it made me chuckle. And I was like, man, we've got to bring this up on the show because yeah. everybody thinks that they're going to make it. Everybody thinks they're Rick Grimes. Yeah. When in reality, we're more, most of us are Shane, you know, like we're yeah. not there, son. Cause no. Shane snapped mentally. And I think that would be one of the hardest things to face. You guys were talking about the mental game, right? Like, I think that's where a lot of these people would go wrong. Cause as soon as the first sign of adversity hit or something that they didn't prep for, Right. Well, oh, and, if, and if you're in a group like, let's say, the Walking Dead folks were, for example, Shane yeah. was a voice of opposition. Uh, he wasn't necessarily wrong. Okay, looking back, you can be like, he wasn't necessarily wrong, but he was an asshole about it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, Walter, <laughs> you're not wrong. Or, no, Walter, you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yes, you're not wrong. wrong. You're just an Am asshole. I wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly that moment. Like, right. he, you know, Shane wasn't wrong. He was just a dick about it. Right. If he would have been able to convey his message more diplomatically, he could, probably could have. Uh, you know, and again, it's that mindset. You can't just say, "We're how we're gonna do it," because people didn't, you know, people didn't uh, um, take to that type of leadership. But you know, if you were to present your case and say, "Like this is why we need to do this. This is why," because I'm already ten steps ahead and thinking, if we do this, 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 this happens, and this, you know, you're playing chess, not checkers. Right. Yeah. You're always trying to determine this next move I make will affect possibly the next two outcomes when I come to those choices, and that's kind of the way I live my life. Actually, in a weird way, is, is you know play chess not checkers but you know so for example and this is kind of this is on topic but it's it's kind of goes back to um you know things we do in our everyday lives that we that we quote unquote prep for right so it, let's say at the grocery store they'll have cans of soup on sale right now in one sense you can look at this and say i'll buy a bunch of cans of soup you know whatever in case something like this were to happen but on the flip side i also bought them the camel's chunky because they're good but uh, so you could buy them too. Cause you know, we live in the Midwest. It's not unheard of to get potentially snowed in for a couple days. Right. So, you know, that serves two purposes. Let's say you got a food prep bank there, but not only for, if you had to grab food and get out of the house or whatever, but you could also get snowed in oh, yeah. <laughs> and that happens. That's why you see a half inch of snow and everybody goes out for bread and milk. Like they can make a sandwich with that. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but you know, that's what everybody You've gets. You've never had milk sandwiches? Yeah. Mm, they're good. Just dunk them in milk. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and that brings up some some great points here. Like uh, we talk about preppers, uh, right. so it's like important to tell the listeners that we're not preppers. No, but just preparedness. Yes, exactly. I'd say that you know, and that's that's specifically why this episode was for the three of us, is because the yeah. three of us have that mentality a little bit, right? Um, so, so we're not preppers, and. Uh, you say whatever you want about preppers. You know? Oh, yeah, and I wouldn't make fun of preppers. Yeah, I just yeah. we could go it's all back and be a whole other episode. The, yeah, and that's <laughs> just yeah, always just, the mentality. Yeah, I can't. You know? I can't feasibly sink thousands of dollars into things I might use. Right. right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just it's not practical to me. Yeah. But even like um, it's fascinating. The the U.S. government uh, and, and the Mormon Church uh, both um, like if you go to disaster relief stuff that the government runs, it says you should have like three days worth of stuff or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like you 72 should, hours yes, or something. Yes, you should have so that you could 
survive in the case of an emergency like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake like just be able to get by for three days on your own yeah and because the rescuers can't always be right there yeah as we just found out with i'll bet some of the issues going on i what what percentage do you think of the population doesn't have three days worth of stuff oh it doesn't have yeah i would say 96 (laughs) percent yeah there's a there's a large are not prepared for jack yeah (laughs) Yeah, or just getting snowed in. Yeah, yeah. Because again, you know, we're we're not even talking a catastrophic event. Yeah, we're talking it, just the weather gets inclement for a couple days. Uh, yeah, yeah. When they and look what happened when they the announced we're going to get a few inches of snow. All of a sudden, everybody's buying up all the bread and milk. Yeah, I I went to this has probably been three four years ago. I remember I I think I was leaving school because I had a college class that night. And on the way home, I was going to stop by and get I think like a pound of ground beef or something. But we were also having bad weather. Now. I can get by without getting the ground beef, but I thought, oh, I'll make tacos tonight or whatever it was. And I got to the grocery store, and it had been picked clean, 100% gone. So much so that I took a picture of this. And I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, I cannot – it's probably coming up in my Facebook memory soon because I, I think it was about this time a couple years back. But, you know, just think about it. If it were a catastrophic event, not just inclement weather, then how would people act? Yeah. See, that that's the one thing that people – I don't think people – take into consideration when they talk about the zombie apocalypse. Not only do you have zombies to worry about, you have people to worry about. Right. And just because you think you have a level head and you know what's going on, or let's say in this room, I know my plan. I know what I need to get done, but you also know what you need to get done and you know what you need to get done. So I'm running around. Well, first I need to go over here and pick these things up and I need to do this. Well, if you have your plan, he's got his plan. Then you're running up against 400 people with no plan. Right. Well, look no <laughs> in further the beginning, than you, that's how things get messed up really quick. Yeah, I mean, look no further than Black Friday. Okay, Black Friday, we we're a very prosperous nation. Black Friday, we act like we're fighting for breadcrumbs. You know, there there's always a story every year people fighting getting assaulted over a toaster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now imagine if that's food rations. <laughs> and no one has any and they're trying to feed their kid. Right. Right. And so I then think it gets crazy. That's a bigger point too because when we look at things, all right, so immediately people are going to jump to conclusions like when uh, we say like, oh, who would be ready for three days? And we said 96% of people would not be. Well, I said that. I'm right, sure, sure, sure. But I, yeah, I think I think generously 80% are not going to be. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I think partially that has something to do with just lack of preparation. And it does in some level have to do with economic level. I think we have to think about that. And then when we talk about Black Friday, um, it's easy to get into start talking about like, oh, just the depravity of humanity and the way people yeah, sure. treat each other. Yeah. But then again, too, you've got to think of someone who can't afford a thousand dollar television any other day of the week. And you're telling them you can come get it for $150. Right. Think about that, right. but apply it to survival. Right. I mean, my kid's hungry. I got, there's a loaf of bread on the shelf. Will I stab this person <laughs> yeah. for it? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't blame the, I don't blame the, <clears throat> person in poverty for wanting to get the $150 television that's normally $1,000. I blame the store for selling the $150 television for $1,000 every day. But but this is what we're talking about. We're talking about people wanting these things that they consider to be essential, um, whether it's a television or whether it's bread for their kid. You know what I mean? And so this is where they're coming from these deep uh, human animalistic (laughs) Senses of cave, right, cave, right. caveman basics. Yeah, I mean, exactly. essentially, food, water, Survival, fire. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. This is what we're talking about. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. So I mean, that's the thing that we we you're right. We really got to think about is we're talking about like surviving zombies, and I think that's that's to me the favorite. My favorite part of The Walking Dead is um, we're not talking about zombies no. for 90% no. of the episode. No, oh, we're not. No. I don't think we're in, in this episode that we're recording right now. We're not really talking about zombies. Right. But we're talking about zombies. Your greatest overcoming is 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 other human beings. Right. right. Keep talking about this because I want to go get an issue of the Walking Dead comic and read what the back of it says. Yes. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. every trade paperback that comes out has the same thing on the back and it deals with exactly what we're talking about. Right so talk amongst yourself. I'll be right back. <laughs> so uh, here's something interesting to think about. So... Uh, friend of mine was telling me a year or two ago about a TV show. Uh, I think the show is called Naked and Afraid. Now, I've never watched it. I don't right. know anything about it. But he, he just told me, man, there's this great new show. And, and they basically, they grab somebody up and they take them to a deserted island and they have to survive for uh, 30 days, whatever it is. So all you can have is like what's on your person at the time. 
I don't know how accurate this is, whatever. So it made me think like, okay, well, every day I do carry a little pocket knife with me. You know, every day I do carry a little multi-tool with me. I have a small one, but, and I thought, I don't have a way to make fire. Okay. So <clears throat> I thought, well, that's just an interesting idea. I never have anything on me to create fire. So I, I actually found this bracelet, which I'm wearing right now. If you guys can see it. Yep. It's by a company called the Friendly Swede. And it's uh, it's a bunch of paracord wrapped up. Yeah, that's just the name of the Borsky Borsky. Uh, but it's a bunch of paracord. But on the end, there's a metal uh, hoop with a ferro rod, so I could actually strike up and make a fire if I had some tinder. And if I use my knife, I could make like a little feather stick out of something. You know, it's just one of those things. Like I may never use this, but it looks. Comfortable to wear. It's comfortable to wear and it looks okay. So it's, yeah, it's it works. practical use. Yeah. Matches your nail polish. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I had a show last night. <laughs> We're teasing bones. Okay. Uh, go ahead. So, on the back of every trade paperback. So, I've been reading The Walking Dead since 2005, mm-hmm. which is just a couple years after it started. Um, on the back of every trade paperback that comes out is the same thing. How many hours are in a day when you don't spend half of them watching television? When is the last time any of us really worked to get something that we wanted? How long has it been since any of us really needed something that we wanted? The world we knew is gone. The world of commerce and frivolous necessity has been replaced by a world of survival and responsibility. An epidemic of apocalyptic proportions has swept the globe, causing the dead to rise and feed on the living. In a matter of months, society has crumbled. No government no grocery stores, no mail delivery, no cable TV. In a world ruled by the dead, we are forced to finally start living. Can we do that again in the movie guy voice? In a world where we're forced. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that really is, but that's, that's the, it's that good. End, that hook at the end, in a world ruled by the dead, we are forced to finally start living. And stop just existing in this consumeristic life. It, it takes on a couple different points there, like, are you living your life? Are you just existing in your life? Are you, you know, is, is buying that new fill-in-the-blank product really going to make you feel, you know, fulfilled? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah that's actually interesting. I've never, I've never. Yeah, it's always, before. it's always stuck with me, for sure. Something to think about. Because we take those things for granted. Or not for granted, but, yeah, basically for granted. We're just like, oh. I need this. I'll just run and pick it up on my way home tomorrow. I'm going to hop in my truck. I'm going to drive here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get off. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to come home. I'm going to eat a cheeseburger that was processed in 14 different places (laughs) or even cooked by somebody else. You know, it's like we just do those things and those people have to process every little thing they do. Mm-hmm. And they have to plan everything they do. And I think that's why the zombie apocalypse would hit so hard for people is the realization that you can't just do those things anymore. Right. Like You can't just go get a burger because there's nobody cooking the burger. Right, right. You can't just go get the beef because there's nobody processing the beef. You can't, right. you know, all those types of things. So, yeah, unless you're 100% doing it, you're, it's not getting done. Well, we talked about That's how long you thought. We talked about how long you'd survive, and we're talking about things, you know, things we take for granted. But you would also need things in the zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to post you guys or give you guys a scenario. I'm going to give you a weapon. If if you choose to take a gun, I'm going to give you ammo. I'm going to give you water and food to start out with, and I'm going to give you a bag. In that bag, you can take five things with you. You have five things that you can take with you. And uh, what are your five things? Now, I pose this question to a lot of guys at work. I was like, what are you taking with you? And it, it let me know that I am miles away from the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Because I said, well, what five things are you taking with you? And these are real answers. I'm not going to call anybody out by name. But some of the things I heard was, oh, man, I'd have to take my car. And I'd have to take my dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not playing. This is not a joke. I'd have to take I would have to make sure I took my phone cuz it's got GPS on it and that way I'd always know where I was going or where I was at. And uh I heard those some of those answers. Now I'm going to give you my five answers. Mm-hmm. First I would take a fire starter kit. Then I would I would want some kind of water purification system, tablets or life straw or two, 
a lot of them would be good. Um, some kind of basic med kit with uh, not only aspirin and things, but gauze and bandages. Mm -hmm. Some kind of writing utensil and notebook. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna lump those together. One so I can chronicle where I've been, things that I've seen, make notes, and basically just keep myself sane in that way. And uh, my fifth one is a knife. Mm. I'm gonna take a you uh, a knife covers a lot of different utilities. It would help me with the fire starting. It would help me, you know, get my tinder, cut things, and it would also be used as a weapon. Yeah. So those were my five things. But to hear other people's five things, it kind of, I was like, man, I'm kind of out of touch with the younger generation. And as much as <clears throat> they've all running around with AR-15s, like, right. like you, taking your girlfriend and your dog, I know you want those things, but I'm talking about survival. Yeah. And having another person would help you, but having another person's also, they'd have to also look out for themselves. You can't protect them every second of every day. We saw that. And I'm a huge dog lover. Don't get me wrong. I mean, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my dog. Your dog is a liability in a situation like this. But if I had those five things to pick, it was like you can have Brody or you can have Brody or you can make fire for the next Hmm. two, three months. Right. I love Brody to death, but if I'm going to need that fire. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not being mean. Because without that, you ain't surviving, period. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of yours? Um, immediately, I my mind went to um, a guy named Dave Canterbury, who you guys know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Dave Canterbury, he's, he's like an outdoor survivalist kind of guy, but he five, has a list called the, the 10 C's. 10 C's. Yeah, the 10 C's of survival. And the first five are more important than the other five. But it basically boils down to a lot of kind of what you just said. You need a cutting tool, uh, so a knife of some type, combustion, um, a container, containers for you know water, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So you actually carry it with you. Um, uh, he's got cargo tape, and I would just say like a roll of tape because you can do a lot with a roll of tape. Oh yeah, you know. Um, I don't think that puts me at four. So five would be some kind of cover, some type of blanket or thick jacket or something to protect you from the elements. Yeah, it could actually come in. Come in. Uh, play a couple different ways but right. you know those are now your creature comforts <laughs> you know yeah um we didn't mention what weapon we would bring oh yeah yeah i was gonna get to go oh yeah we can definitely do that okay so uh my five i think off the top of my head uh i think um i think a hatchet would be kind of essential right um that's good for now, obviously a weapon you know but that's not my weapon i'm using this as utility Chopping wood, um, cutting things, you know, chopping things to make shelter with. I think a hatchet is pretty essential. Right. Uh, obviously, fire starter, something to, to start a fire with. First aid, I think first aid is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, paracord. I think oh, paracord definitely. is uh, kind of yeah. the lifeblood of our generation <laughs> yes. when it comes to survival stuff. Um, I've got paracord in my bug out bag. I've got paracord in my EDC bag. Like, right. it's just you. So, like, you take a hatchet and paracord. And you're probably going to be able to find anything else you need to make shelter with. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And then uh, definitely a fixed blade knife. Yeah. A fixed blade knife. You got to have that. Yeah. I told you some of the ridiculous things that the guy said. But uh, this one guy, this one kid I work with, he flat out said, he's like, you know, I take man. And I thought it was ridiculous at the time, but I got to think about it. He said he'd take a tree stand. Hmm. And I was like, Hmm. dude, I was like, you can't carry a tree stand. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, but I could just pop it up. And I'd be instantly, nobody could get to me wherever I was. Yeah, but let's say there were zombies and they swarmed the tree stand. Yeah, I got to see, going and that's what I started thinking. They they stay swarmed, but it, I think it's smart that he immediately wanted to give himself higher ground. Yeah, higher ground. Cover, yeah. But, and uh, when I was talking about shelter, when I explained my five to some of these people, they didn't understand my five. They were like, yeah, but I think this is why I think differently than they do. I'm immediately going, I need fire. I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to be able to drink water because water is the life. These people are going, yeah, but you can you can run into a Motel 6. Like, I immediately think everything's gone to shit. Yeah. In my scenario, we're already on the road. Well. Everything's gone to shit. And every time, everybody else I talk to, their scenario is like, nah, man, we'll hold up in a motel for a few days. <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll, right. we'll slowly but surely just drip yeah. from one place to the next, collecting things as we go. So, we don't need to make fire right away out of your stuff. There'll be something there to make fire up. And the guy kept arguing with me that the gas won't be turned off right away. And I was like, you're, you're right. But are you going to rely on that? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's, I'm I'm not trying to rely on finding 
those those comforts, and everybody was just all about, no, no, man, we'll just hang. I mean, out they can say that house. now because things aren't aren't you know total, just insanity. Right. When they're total insanity, yeah, go ahead, stay another night in Motel Six. No, somebody's bashing down the door to try to get supplies. And see, that's that a, I just immediately yeah. assumed that everything was just horrible, like like yeah. season. Eight Walking Dead, you know, there's nothing. It, yeah, out if you're there. if you're in if it's you're been if you're in the city, you're not talking about uh, peaceful transactions with people. So, in a way, it's almost smarter to say I'm going to completely remove myself from civilization right now, come out in the woods, right, and be self sufficient there, than try to be in the general populace where somebody could just pick me off because they see I have a full backpack. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And I think that comes back into the people aspect of it. Like, oh, absolutely. You go running around. You may, you may have your EDC bag or your your bug out bag. You're ready to go. You take four steps out your door. Somebody, Boom! Somebody pops two in your head. <laughs> yeah, All your prepping was for nothing. So it was for like, them. <laughs> and I want to say too. Yeah, I think there is something to what your coworkers said about. There are some essentials that you may be able to find that you don't immediately need on you. I always, right. I always think of the beginning of uh, the first Rambo. First blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he's running away, he gets away from him, and he runs through like a junkyard or something, and he finds like a carpet or a rug. Yeah, he makes yeah, yeah, makes his poncho and he makes his poncho out yeah. of it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think having like paracord, like if you find a rug or a blanket, tie that some bitch too, man. You, got your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got shoelaces. You I got. Think, you know, yeah, so, right, so I think right. there are some essential things. It, where I so where I would slightly agree with your coworkers, I think right. there are some things that even when everything because immediately people are going to be grabbing food, firearms, fuel. Right. Like those are your. Yeah. I think those are the three things people are going to be grabbing. So I think when it comes to like finding blankets or jackets or things like that, your chances are higher of having that. Right. Than some of these other. We just examples. go to Men's Warehouse, man. We just, you know. <laughs> yeah. We got the finest sport coats we could never yeah. afford. <laughs> we were going to love the way we look. <laughs> Joseph A. Bank. Because you know? <laughs> I'm sure for a long time you'd be able to go into a, a convenience store and still pick up an old Bic off the floor. Sure. For, yeah. for a while. You know, and even if it's empty, gonna, you got sparks. Yeah, but yeah. people are going to take Plan. things like that eventually. But I think you're right. Like, first, first thing to go would be that. And I think the first thing I would aim for is I would start stealing. Stealing, no. I would start taking. It's not stealing. Not I at that point, survival. Yeah. I would no. I would go for the bottled water. Yeah, and canned goods, obviously. Well, we just saw with those hurricanes in uh, was it Texas? I believe it was that there were stores selling bottled water packs, like the twenty four packs, for like a hundred bucks or something. And you know, I know a lot of people say that's shameful. That's shameful. I'm like, yeah, but that's capitalism too. You know, right. <laughs> that's yeah. how it is. You had brought up the weapon. Let's talk about weapons real quick. Yeah. So, what are you taking with you, Mom? And this is what's in your house now. This yeah. Is not some dream gun. Right. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm split on this because it, my first answer, I want to say, you know, my like my Glock, my nine millimeter Glock, like I, you know, that. Uh, but realistically, I would probably better be served with a twenty two. Because I can carry a ton more ammo. Yeah. If I have to hunt, I can hunt small game with a twenty-two versus a nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the Ruger ten twenty-two takedown, so it can be collapsible and storable a lot easier. I would like the higher power, but I also know that the higher power uh, firearm also comes with heavier ammo, and in a handgun would be less accurate than a long rifle. So I could be probably just as proficient and deadly with a twenty two as, as as I could be a nine. Okay. I, I don't think I would have any problem there. But so I, you know, I'd like to say nine, but realistically, I'd probably take the twenty two. What you have on you? Okay, so, yeah, it's at the house. <laughs> so I'd, I've got a twelve gauge shotgun, and I've got my nine my nine millimeter sidearm. That's where I'm at right now. And I'd have to say, at least for a little while, I'd take both of them for a little while. I probably end up now eventually. You said, well, you said one, huh? No, no, no. I'm just. No, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, my like, rules. No, you know, you said what you got, but I mean, yeah, I, it's the nine. It's on my side. It's easy to carry. It's it's all. It's with me everywhere I go. In. Let's tweak this question then. Yeah, sorry. Let's sorry. say, based on what you're setting. No, no. My my setup of the. You're right. My setup of the thing. But the when answer, we start talking about what we yeah, had in yeah, our yeah, house, yeah, yeah. I immediately just start thinking of all the weapons yes. in my house. But yeah, the if I had one, I'd take my side piece because it's okay. the one I'm. It's the one I'm used to. I'm used to carrying it. I'm used to those things, and that's what I've got to work with. So, my sidearm. Okay. 
Uh, this is a conversation I have with myself daily. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I dream about it. Is an ammo box filled with everything? Yeah. <laughs> you mean ammo boxes everything. Yeah. Um, prepper, prepper. <laughs> man, as I... It changes. Um, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to have my Glock 19 on my hip. That's, that wouldn't be the one gun I take with me, but that that's if if I could because I would take a sidearm. Yeah, I've got a drop leg holster. I would have a sidearm, and I would have a, a main arm. Um, and so every day when I think about what would be that long arm that I take with me, you know, years ago if you asked me, I'd say, well, my AK forty seven, it's the most reliable. You right, know, and right. there's some truth to that, but uh, uh, you can't take a gun with proprietary parts. So any of your niche guns, like you know, I just got rid of my Tavor. Uh, things like that, count that out. Because if it breaks, you're not going to find totally any replacement done. parts yeah. out in right. a while. You know, so that rules out like my Keltec shotgun. You know, thing like that's done. All right, just forget about it. Um, so if you're, so and so, if I had to take one, if you said you have to grab one long arm right now, it's going to be one of my AR-15s. Um, now, obviously for stealth reasons, I would want to take my my suppressed 9mm Sig Sauer MPX. Um, cause I could just shoot zombies all day silently and not draw hordes in. Um, but I think right now I would just have to take a, an AR 15 because you're just going to be able to find parts and ammo everywhere. So one of your AR 15s. Yeah. Or n- not your Caltech shotgun, Mm-mm. not your suppressed nine millimeter Mm-mm. hashtag blessed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the firearm chat right now. You know, there's a listener going like these dudes are gun dudes. Like, no, no, <laughs> he's a gun guy. We, they are we preppers. They are so you know in my crazy mind I right. about when you know if this ever happens sure. you know the zombie apocalypse I'm gonna I have my Glock nine on my side and I'm gonna carry the two twenty three uh, the wife is gonna have the suppressed MPX and the Smith and Wesson nine mil on her side I'm I'm only taking NATO rounds um, for those right. of you listeners who don't know what that means um, there, there's just like these universal rounds throughout NATO the North Atlantic Treaty organization? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Treaty, yeah. yeah. Um, so your 5.56, five, which uh, is similar to our American 223, two, two, three, yeah. it can be fired through an AR-15. Don't go trying to put a 5.56 five, in a 223 bolt action. Don't do that. But in your, your AR-15, that works. And then 9 by 19 Parabellum is what we call 9 millimeter. And so that those are rounds that you can find the world over Yeah, pretty much. So that's a universal round that uh, guys are like, well, I'm taking my 45 long Colt because I'm a badass and it makes a big old <laughs> hole in things. Oh, Toby Keith sings about it. And they, uh... <laughs> yeah. oh, my bad, 45 ACP. Yeah. yeah. No, I take the long Colt over the ACP personally. But uh, Rick can't even hold that gun up, man. He limp wrists it. He does. <laughs> yeah. That drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not even pointing at what he's looking at. I, I had read somebody, it's funny you say that, because I read online last week somebody, I think I was on a gun forum somewhere, somebody was like, yeah, we call that pulling a Grimes. <laughs> when you, when you kind of limp wrist the, the gun like that, you know, yeah. where he's just got it pointed downward, and it's yeah. like, yeah, don't Grimes that, you know. I always thought, so in the Dawn of the Dead remake, tying this back into some zombie films. Well, that brings <laughs> me to a question real quick. What drives you crazy? When you watch these, oh these my god! Zombies, right out of the gate, crazy when right you watch of, these horror, I gotta say, these it. zombie movies, right out of the, and it's on The Walking Dead. It drives me insane, insane. When somebody pulls a Glock and you hear the hammer click, yeah. Oh, I just, I just cringe. Yeah. Or just the fact when people raise their weapon, you hear hammers clicking all over the place. Right. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that just it's that drives me nuts. One for me, uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Um, when they're counting all the ammo they've got, he goes, "Yeah, we've got some of this pussy nine mil." <laughs> You're like, "Hey, that's quality stuff." <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff, buddy. That's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> but that's that's a big mentality in America is that we're so obsessed with the 45 ACP because it's a big bullet, you know. Right. Keep it. And where did where did everybody on The Walking Dead? I barely ever see a semi-automatic rifle. They're all full auto. Always. Oh, yeah. Where are they snagging all Like, those? everybody's got full auto. Yeah. Now, you know, the general public thinks that they hear the word semi-automatic, and they think that's what that is. Yeah. That's right. not what that is. But everybody has a full auto weapon. I'm right. just like, where are they getting all this? And why would you want it? <laughs> yeah, they're extremely inaccurate, yeah. you know? It's just cover fire. It's exactly it. Yeah. I think the thing that drives me crazy the most, which I, I enjoyed in Dawn of the Dead, maybe in Night of the Living Dead, Maybe that's why it's because I enjoyed it in those is it drives me crazy when people move every 
fucking three days or every whatever. All of a sudden, it's just like, man, we had one zombie almost get in here one time. We got to get out of here. And they're always moving. Yeah. I'm just like, stay put. Secure. It's about securing what you're doing. I'm glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> one of the things I wanted to talk about yeah. and differentiate for the listeners is the difference between bugging in and bugging out. Right. So, listeners, you heard us talk about a bug out bag. And uh, I know that I've got one. I'm assuming both of you do, too. Yeah. So this is the notion that um, if things go wrong, if, if you know the zombies come, you're going to bug out to a safer location, um, which isn't always the safest thing. If you can bug in, stay where you're sure, at, yeah. and, and have the proper supplies you need, that's going to be your best option. Um, so if you live in a two-story house and you can board up the first floor, you're in a zombie situation. You're going to be in I'm great good, shape. Yeah. You're going to bug in. You know that's oh, what, that's what I do because I have two stories. So yeah. yeah. But yeah. here's the downside: is that my house is is uh, right uh, behind my house. There are train tracks. Mm-hmm. So you know, God forbid, there's ever that moment where like a, uh, a cargo of nuclear waste falls over or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. it's well, gonna happen. It's gonna happen right behind your house. Yeah, of all the places in the world. Right hey man, it happens. Well, and the downside of that too, because I've thought about this. So my plan has always been to bug out to my parents' place. Uh huh. Um, the house is up high on a hill. Yeah. Um, it's got good line of sight. What's killed that is two things. Um, number one, my parents got rid of their wood stove and got a pellet burning stove. You got to have electricity for a pellet burning stove. Yeah. Like I was literally upset with my parents because I'm like, <laughs> I can't come here now. That was our apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> that was the wood stove. You got rid of it. You couldn't move it to the garage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm sure they're just shaking their head I'm at you like, like shut we up. Are doomed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just ruined our chances of survival by 50%. You see all that fuel out here? You're living in two acres of fuel. We could have been warm forever. It's like right out of Nightmare 4. You just killed me. (laughs) (laughs) You just killed us all. So part two, like your thought with the train tracks, is they live right by the interstate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Which could be a blessing and a curse. Yes. Um, One, I I think one of the blessings is could be you could monitor activity, but the other is that Incoming that's, activity. That's how people are going to be traveling. Yeah. People are still going to be using, by foot, you know, mind you, but they're still going to be traveling the interstates because yeah. it's consistent. Um, they're still going to be traveling the railroads. It's consistent. You know, like, Which I would avoid railroad tracks because there's I, a lot of places for people to hide and, and, and surprise anybody walking by. Exactly. So uh, it's. I'm glad you brought up railroad tracks because maybe think of my parents with the interstate. Now, granted, it's far enough away that we could monitor it with binoculars yeah. and things like right. that, but it's still... You gotta sleep sometime. And from the freeway, that house would be visible. Very easy. Oh yes. yeah, and like they would see the fires burn. Like it, exactly. it's like when we drive down the freeway, we can see your parents' house. Yeah, you, but you would, if you built a fire, people could see it. Do you guys know about building a? There, there's a. There's a. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Maybe one of you guys will know. Where you dig two holes in the ground, and then you dig a hole between the two holes. So you put your all your wood in one side, and the other's empty. So it creates a smokeless fire. No, didn't know I've heard about? of like uh, so. I used to there's read, a name for it, and I can't think of what it is. But um, one of my favorite books ever is called The Frontiersman, and mm-hmm. it's about uh, Daniel Boone and Simon Eckert, like some of these these original. Um, they're not mountain men because they never went out to the mountains, but those outdoors guys that helped settle this part of the country. Sure, Paul and, Bunyan. <laughs> yes, Paul Bunyan <laughs> and Babe the Blue Ox. Yeah, um, I heard Babe Sparks kept him warm enough, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> That's no, I, I remember reading about those guys starting smokeless fires mm-hmm. because they'd be out hunting. I mean, these are guys that would like leave the village, you know, because they'd be starting settlements and they would go and they would sit in the woods for like three days in one spot just so they could shoot a deer <laughs> <clears throat> and to avoid Indians. So they would make these smokeless fires and I'd read about stuff like that. Or they knew like the exact kind of bark that let off the least amount of smoke, and they could you know, like put it in a hole. So yes, you're not crazy. I have heard about that. I'm gonna see if I can find the name of it because anybody wants to know about them. It's it's an interesting. I mean, you don't have to dig very deep, but you kind of dig two holes, you know, within a couple inches of each other, and then down in the hole you dig a hole across just for air ventilation. And there's a, I say there's a name for it. I just can't think of what it is. See, I'm the dumbass that's out there like, now nah, go ahead and get them pine trees. That's why I'm a three. That's why I'm a three. Yes. <laughs> and now them pine trees, they'll smoke up real good. <laughs> no, but that's why I'm a three. So 
we talked about that, and those are the things that drive you crazy. I, I hate it when people pick up and move the little the the mentalities that people have in those. Um, how does it end? If there's a zombie apocalypse, see that's something that people don't talk about. They talk about surviving. They talk about how they would survive. How does it end? How does it end? And not dying. Well, if you die, it's over for the individual. Just but for no, the... I mean like. Is it, are, are we going to come? Are you going to come out? Are you going to come out of it on the other side? Do you are you surviving for three months while people get shit back together? Are you are you making it forever? Are you the new frontier? My answer would have to be the, the zombie apocalypse ends when society is reestablished. Yeah, I don't know. because if not, it's always going to be tribal, um, us versus them. Uh, even if the zombies are gone or subsided, if you have not reestablished society, um, then it's always going to be survival. Exactly. It's got to be that. Because um, that plays in, you're, there's always going to be an enemy. Um, this is what we keep seeing in The Walking Dead. It's okay, once we defeated the governor, uh, okay. things, we had a nice, a nice stay until then we encountered Negan. Right. And in the comics, once things work out the way they do. Um, there's always a new enemy. Like right. it's always until you reestablish society and a system, which they're kind of doing in the walking dead. They've got the hilltop and they've got Ezekiel's place. Right. And they've right. Got their place. So they've got, got these things. Got a tiger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but, but until you establish society, a bartering system, uh, uh, you know, all of these things, food production, the zombie apocalypse isn't over. And See, I think you'll have a few false starts on that before absolutely. it regains. <laughs> absolutely. It's just like they keep finding out. they like, hey, yeah. life is good. We've got things going here. Oh, here comes a group of assholes with a tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. want what you've got. Okay, yeah. let's give it another shot here. They just won't accept diplomacy. And I think, I mean, we see that in the world today. Oh, yeah. You know, there's just always people who aren't going to accept diplomacy, whether it's ideological reasons or just they're assholes, you know? Um, no shortage of dickheads. So yeah, is ever. the so. By the way, it's called a Dakota fire pit. I just <laughs> I finally found it. In case so, anybody's interested, is the zombie apocalypse feasible? Realistically, where we are right now, with with the technology that we have, with uh, the military that we have, with with what we have right now, and we've seen how it happens in movies, but the most successful ones it kind of just where we already start in the middle of it. They don't really give us the very beginning, you know, like it just happened. You see what I'm saying? Like we pop up Dawn of the Dead shit's popping off. You know what I'm saying? We pop up Walking Dead shit's just popping off. Like, do you think it would happen or do you think it was Shaun of the Dead style two days in the government (laughs) has shut that shit down? They've Negan that literally. So I want to ask Rybones here. Rybones, will the dead rise from the ground? No. Tell the listeners why. Because it's fucking not real. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Logistically. You had a great logistical reason one time when we were talking. I think you posted on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I say a lot of dumb stuff. (laughs) Ryan says more dumb shit before 9 (laughs) a.m. I really do, yeah. I say a lot of dumb stuff. When our loved ones die and we place them in caskets, what's the next thing they get? Oh, a vault. Great They can't get out of the vault. They're in solid concrete. Yeah. Like, they're not getting out of that. Sure, you know, there's... I mean, it would take some inhumane strength and if they're that strong you're fucked anyway <laughs> you do you think that's what, do you think that's why when we watch zombie movies it's always old crusty decrepit people because right. the well, new because the new people can't get out the grave e- even then you're talking about you're talking about hundreds of pounds of earth on top of them anyway yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not feasible but um you know what's creepy about vaults though now that you mentioned vaults is that no, uh, <laughs> if in the summertime if you've had a dry summer you can see the outline of where the graves are at because the grass will be more dead in that. It's the strangest thing. And I think I noticed it out at my brother's house because he lives in a, in, a, in, a, in a cemetery, literally in a cemetery on a house on, the, on a cemetery. I presume it must, have been a, it must have been a caretaker's house at one point. But anyways, you can see the outline. Interesting. Because there, there will be like, let's say, a couple's grave, right? And one side's totally green. The other's like kind of brownish around the area where the casket would be. So it just... Think about that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> weird. So the dead aren't coming back to life. No. No. No, yeah. I think when we talk realistically, and air quotes, realistically, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, mean, this is no. I think more so we're talking about 
Um, I don't consider it a zombie film, but it gets brought up as a zombie film. But like 28 days later, yeah. some sort of rage, rage virus, virus yeah. uh, something right. like that. That I think we're talking about, honestly, if there was a bad rabies outbreak, like we're talking about sure. erratic behavior, you know, things you can't come back from. I mean, like now, granted, we've all had rabies shots and, and things right. like that. But like, that's the sort of thing we're talking about is some sort of viral thing that. So in that essence hippies and some of these newfound millennials mm-hmm. could in turn cause the zombie apocalypse. They smoke some bad stuff. No, no, no. It's the people who are refusing. Yeah. The anti-vaxxers. <laughs> That's possible. So I, if the zombie apocalypse does start to happen, we know who to blame it on. What we're really talking about when we talk about the apocalypse or whatever, we're talking about the breakdown of society Yeah, yeah. and just whatever that catalyst is, be it a hurricane, be it a zombie uprising, be it whatever, something has to become more important than the daily humanity that we experience anyways. Okay. So uh, there's a, a video um, that came out right after, uh, I think it was in Houston or Florida. I, there were so many hurricanes right there. I don't remember which one it was. But this guy was out front of a store with a shotgun, uh, pro- you know, trying to protect the store. And he said, these looters are coming by and he's, he's like, I'll shoot you. Don't even go inside. I will shoot you. I will kill you. You know, now the catalyst for that behavior on any given day would be, that wouldn't happen. But the fact that now supplies have become very worthwhile because of this hurricane, you know, it's, it's just a matter of what situation got you to that point of, I will shoot you if you come in this store or you try to loot this store or whatever it is. Yeah. There's also that statistic, man. There's more people alive on the planet right now. Than have ever lived, supposedly. Hmm. Like if the being dead, at one time, you mean? yeah. It, well, like there's more people now than I, I however many billions of people we have. They we got population. Well, yeah, we're we're way <laughs> overpopulated. So if the dead started rising up out of the grave, even every single one, that's a controllable problem. Like I'd hate to, we're busting all you people's bubbles, but seriously, like <laughs> it, we it would be taken care of. Yeah. It's not like you're right. going to notice things like that. So I'd have to agree if you the closest we would come is some kind of outbreak. Viral it wouldn't outbreak. be yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the dead coming reincarnated corpses. Mm-hmm. Cuz anytime we're talking about the uh, complete mayhem like that, we're, the first thing you address is it has to be big enough to overtake military and military procedures right potentially. And th- they got for all intents and purposes, they got tanks. They got sure, helicopters. Sure. They got Apache helicopters. Yeah. They got all the automatic weapons. Hell, there's good old boys that got automatic weapons yeah. down the road. There's militias all over the country. Like, I just, guys, I hate to burst your bubble, but all, all those people who want it to happen or keep talking about it, I just don't think it's a feasible thing. I, I'd like that no. we had an episode on it. Lord, we talked no. about it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't realistically think that even the rage virus, I don't think it would last as long as people are saying. I think I think it might last long enough for people to lose their minds, sure, and make it worse. Bath salts, man. <laughs> Bath salts. <laughs> but, uh, it, that guy was just on marijuana. The <laughs> marijuana, not even once. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> well, see, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and so, like this, I think this conversation it, it could have been like an apocalyptic episode because right. when we're not talking about zombies, uh, we, we could be talking about, as we said, the rage virus, which again, probably right. would get shut down quick enough. But I mean, we also talk about, um, it's not a horror movie, but it easily could be, but the road with, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Is that um, the one on Netflix right now? I don't know. Yeah. I think they just put it on. Okay. Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but it's yeah. based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. I mean, it's, it's post apocalyptic. You yes, think about okay. things like, uh, Book of Eli. Uh, I mean, you could talk about any of these things that would cause a catastrophic breakdown in society. Turbo Kid. And sometimes, yeah, oh, great movie. <laughs> great movie. But I mean, we talk about these. Uh, usually, they're not technically horror movies, but let's be honest, that's scarier than most horror movies. All right. The breakdown of society. Yeah. All your creature comforts gone. Yeah. yeah. That's scarier than. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Well, he can get you in your dreams. I mean, that's scarier than Mike. Yeah. Myers. Well, I mean, we he's, live he's in such unfor- a... He's an unstoppable force. Oh, okay. yeah. That's scarier than uh, uh, Jason Voorhees. Can't can't be killed. Uh, okay. He's that's coming back to life. Than... <laughs> I has body count on screen. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I think Hitler's got the highest body count on screen. But, you Ooh. Know. Ooh. Dang. How you Boy, well, we better wrap this one up. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm looking for a way out. No. I dug myself in. I was like, bad episode. You dug yourself into Dakota Pitfire. 
That's the next Dodge Dakota. The Dodge Dakota Spitfire <laughs> yeah. edition. Um, <laughs> you can roast a pig in the back. Of the guaranteed not to smoke. <laughs> so, well, yeah, let's let's start round and third. <laughs> we can go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, we talked about the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it would, it would be something viral, and you know, that's the thing. Like I think I, that's what I love about most zombie movies is they never tell you how it happened. Right, and so. It's left to the imagination, whether it's uh, a comet or a virus or toxic waste or, you know, take your pick or right. voodoo. Um, but, yeah, I think this has been fun to talk. It's definitely been fun to talk about. I've had a lot of fun. Right. And I've still got stuff here that I didn't bring oh, up. We've got too much. By all means, if you want to. No, no, no. It was just, like, things about training and oh, like, right prepared. On. But you know what? I'm not a doomsday prepper, so I'm not going to tell these people <laughs> yeah. all these yeah. tips and tricks that I know. Uh, so. Store up on your skull, maybe gone. You know, <laughs> make sure you got all your dip. <laughs> buy got one seventeen box, cases. Buy one box of ammo with each every time you get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in no time, you'll have, you'll have a lot of ammo one. that you will never have to you know, use. You'll I'm be on gonna, an FBI watch list. I'm not going to tell people to always have at least a half a tank of gasoline in your vehicle because that's just not a tip that I need to be giving. You know, or, an extra, you know or an extra three gallons in the garage just in case. You know what's funny is that e- even uh, there, there's a channel I watch on YouTube and it's a guy who, who talks about like living purposely and all this Fitch, stuff. And, no, it's... Uh, it's um, oh, Jeff Wilson? No, God, I can't think of his name, but he's a pastor, though, too. Oh, gosh. Um, Reverend uh, Ryan? It's, it's, like, <laughs> e, it's like EDC Tactical, I think, is his name or something. Yeah. Even he was talking about one day about something that I do already, because my dad kind of you know burned it into my brain. When you go into a parking lot, right, and you're like, you know, Walmart, whatever, you, you don't just pull in. You pull in and you pull through, right? So if you need to get out quick, you can get out quick. Or in my case, it's just I'm lazy and don't want to back up and hit somebody or whatever, you know, but like... Yeah. That you know, he's like that technical parking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> my dad, when my parents first bought a hybrid, he was looking at ways to save gas, and that's one thing is always pull through because yeah. he would like waste gas by starting the car, backing out in reverse. And yeah, evidently it's a thing. <laughs> he saved a quarter tank of gas over twenty five years. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Man, you preppers. Are he's so green. <laughs> But if you are interested in such things, there is one other podcast I would recommend to you. It's called Modern Combat and Survival. Uh, it's uh, based on a magazine, and it's it's just about being prepared. Uh, they they definitely say that they're not preppers, you know, but they they they're like you know, but be prepared for anything yeah. that could happen. And it's about it's combat and survival, so it's about yeah. ways to do firearm training and tactics, physical firearm or physical fighting and tactics uh, and just training and just being in shape. Like that's their number one tip. Being in shape is huge and yeah, way over. I'm working on it. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm a, I'll boost myself up to a five or six once I lose a little mm-hmm. bit of this weight and get to running. Cause you can have all the ARs you want, but if you're 600 pounds, it can't go five feet. Right. You, you know, like what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I guess my last piece of advice is, um, if you guys are hell bent on the zombie apocalypse, uh, get proficient with a melee weapon. Like, just find yourself something that's not going to go out of style. Um, like a mace? Yeah, like, Ty, well, Tyrese style that, man. Get you a claw hammer. I mean, something. Something that you're going to have for a while. Here, here's a tip for him. Go out to a dead tree and hit it as hard as you can with your hatchet or your machete, whatever you think you're going to carry in the zombie apocalypse, and then try and pull it out. Oh, yeah, right? Oh, my God. You're like, it's like a cartoon character. Yes, you know, it's like it really is. I King know. Arthur's sword or something. They, they do that a few times in the Walking Dead comic book. It's great because they're like, you know, someone will run up and stick one, and then they're like, oh, God, I'm stuck. <laughs> That's reality. Yeah. yeah. Now, a knife would work better in that purpose for, you know, a skull or whatever, but still. I, I know we're taking it home, but what if you had that one melee weapon, what would you take? You I, can't discount a good machete, though. I got. I a need a good I, machete. I want a shillelagh. That's nice. I want a good old thick, old fashioned shillelagh. Man, I want a nice like Morning Star. <laughs> mace. Not one that's like on a chain. But yeah, like, yeah. It's an old school, yeah. either yeah. like a warhammer or a mace, something steel, a yeah. bludgeoning weapon yes. rather than a stabbing weapon. You know what I would have is I would because I, I have a. Um, and you can find these at Goodwill cheap sometimes. Um, Chilelis? No, like a uh, like a like a kid's t-ball bat, like the metal aluminum ones, right? Mm-hmm. And on the end of them, you can drill, you can drill into it and put like um, like a bolt with like a bolt through it with a nut, right? So it's basically like a spike sticking out of it. 
and wow. really homemade, really lightweight, really effective. But by no means wow. is Rybones telling you all to go buy T-ball <laughs> Not that bags. I know how to do it. No. Actually, I, I, I got one uh, from my brother. We were going to make these things, and I, I got as far as like painting mine and redoing the grip on it, and we just stopped. Stop. <laughs> oh, man. So we couldn't get together on it. But yeah, it's. I mean, it would be a re- even just a kid's T-ball bat would be a very effective weapon. You don't have to penetrate the brain to damage. Right. Sure. You know. That's why I, I wanted would, to show I would, want just a little, I would want something with just a little more weight. Yeah. Uh, to add the, once you hit connect. But yeah. So, oh, good question. <laughs> so, fun episode. I hope we haven't scared too many of you listeners out there. And now you know how crazy at least these three members of the Midwest Boston podcast are. We came to party. Oh, sorry, guys. Next time we'll talk about vampires you or something. You behind the curtain here a little bit. So, uh... Number one weapon, wood steak. <laughs> so, or uh, T-bones. Here we are. <laughs> Prepare now, train hard, and stay alive. No, that's the other podcast. No, uh, we're saying we are the Midwest Monsters. I am Grizzly Abner, joined by Matt Chan and Rye Bones. And stay scary, my friends.